1: what's good internet it's april 4th 2023 and you are listening to waypoint radio episode 555 i'm your host rob zachney and i dedicate this episode to fives the realist clone uh i'm joined today by uh our 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 very own uh I don't know, Kyle. Do you see yourself as more of a Cody, a Rex, an Echo? Mm. You uh, what, which echo one? Which I one think. was
2: the one that uh, like led that small rebellion in the, against uh? What, what was this? What was the frog faced guy's name?
1: Yeah, no, that's Fives who did that shit. Damn it! it was like <laughs> you already picked the good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I didn't pick it. I dedicated the episode yeah. to him. Also,
2: it's dedicated to me. <laughs> yeah. We're missing a five uh, though. We need we. It's five, 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 five. Right? What's the other uh, five? Five star runtimes. This is yes, going to be a long exactly. one. We're just going to commit to that. Episode five hundred and
1: fifty-five <laughs> with the five star runtimes. Patrick's thrilled to hear that, uh, given that
3: he's can tech, be- can cannot he believe kids two two hours and forty-three minutes long. What did you even do for that long? I don't listen to the podcast. So I have to come here to ask for well, hang on, an explanation recorded, of your crimes. We
1: recorded an extra like 30 minutes on E3 because yeah. that broke right after we stopped recording. We could not talk about oh, E3 dying. All right. So yeah. that makes a little more sense. Okay. <laughs>
3: all right. So and we, we still like, filled out a show. Yeah. I mean,
1: we shot the shit about like Kato's uh, mixed destiny feelings, etc. Just like mm-hmm. lots of lots mm-hmm. of various things. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly just like talk. hanging out chatting. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a huge segment on MLB 23. Uh, so there's a lot of like Is that career mode. There. Good. I mean, it's the road to the show mode is always good, uh, but the storylines mode uh, is what we talked about. Mostly that's the mm. one with the uh, like retrospective on the Negro leagues. And yeah. that is, that's very cool. Excellent. Uh, so we talked to, uh, we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and we've got a lot to talk about today. What if we just uh, did a
3: podcast where I asked you about the things you talked about on the previous podcast, because I didn't <laughs> listen to the previous podcast, but still want to be like caught up in the lives and feelings of my friends. <laughs>
2: what previously on. Yeah. yeah <laughs> previously on
3: radio. Waypoint. And this is what happens how- when... You- <laughs> a huge number of your, of your relationships are maintained
1: through the ritual of
3: podcasting. Oh.
1: Is, and it so is. it's like, you miss an episode. It's like, well, I don't know what's going on in your life. I feel really. I don't know where the line from, yeah.
3: between, yeah. Content and conversation. I, like, I'm always in the content pit. And so <laughs> <laughs> and the conversations, then become content uh. and then the content becomes conversations. It is, uh, does this mean is, we have like
1: paraprofessional relationships? Is this the, like is, <laughs> is, like, is this what happens you're through the looking glass?
3: Yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean yes like i uh i mean there are times well i guess we we cross that with sports a little bit right yeah. um like I, uh this would happen with austin quite a bit where like anything anytime there's a hint of dragon's dogma in the air you know or arm, armored core like austin will send me a message and then about like two minutes in that exchange it's like should we just like call each other in discord and record this and it's like what do we do what did how did we arrive here? <laughs> You're right. That is what we should do. But I find it upsetting that it, that we can't, like, sometimes find <laughs> ourselves going, well, I just can't have a normal conversation. Got yeah, to put, put this on mic. a microphone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was a bit when, uh, like – a year or so after he retired, Johnny Carson appeared on Letterman's show, and he brought out a folding desk uh, <laughs> with a little microphone stand. And he just he sat down in the guest chair and then just unfolded this entire thing to have a matching desk with uh, Letterman. And he's like, and he, I remember the bit was like, Dave, when you were doing this as long as I have, you discovered this is the only way you can talk to people. <laughs> and I was like, funny bit,
3: Johnny. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, no,
1: that was probably That's just, just true. Yeah. No, I mean, t- I
3: thought, like, you know, people have brought up, you know, in a hypothetical if Sunday wasn't doing what I do now, would you play games differently and think about games differently? It's like, yeah, I probably should. Would I even be capable of doing that? <laughs> like, when you've spent literal decades, like, having a, a certain relationship with something, healthy or not healthy, Like I don't – like, at a certain point, you can't break that. Like, Wow. I, can I, I, a therapist going to help me find a healthy relationship with playing video games at eleven o'clock at night instead of just putting on a movie from Shudder? I don't know. I don't know if I could. I could do that. I would be getting out my metaphorical table as well. And just like, well, you know, I I might have a newsletter idea if I play this game from eleven to eleven fifteen. So I better I better do that. So I think about it for the next day. So um, you know, Patrick. Speaking of just various
1: news things and ha- always mm-hmm. having to sort of be on and assessing. I remember you were very warm about PSVR 2, but you also sort of felt it was a doomed expedition uh, in the face of the realities of the VR market. And you picked out a story for us here today that it already looks like things are off to a rocky start for PSVR 2.
3: Yeah, my thought was when the PS, and also please excuse my uh, teenage hormone sounding voice at times <laughs> because I'm on the tail end of. I'm in the phase of sound worse than feels. Uh, You know, like I had a, an extremely minor cold somehow. No COVID again, Um, but uh, (laughs) some sort of cold dodge strep. Did not dodge the cold. Pretty much. If a, if a, if a, if a three-year-old wants to lay their head on your shoulder while they're sick, there's not really a whole lot you can do. You're just inhaling the toxic fumes Mm -hmm. and hoping, hoping for the best. Uh, And in in some ways, maybe that is what Sony has been doing with a uh, virtual reality. A uh, uh, there's a, a piece in Bloomberg uh, uh, titled uh, "Sony PSVR2 headset off to a slow start as metaverse push sputters." Sort of the important takeaway is sort of a, a number, a projection on uh, the potential uh, first, se- like uh, roughly first month sales of PSVR2, uh, which are coming just shy of three hundred thousand, two hundred seventy thousand. I believe I may be pulling this slightly out of my ass, but I think. Sony intended to at least ship one point five million in its first year. um, and so whether that tracks with their expectations or not, I think you know, a, a device that uh, costs more than the base p s five itself selling at that rate, I think suggests something that was a worry of mine, which is that is there a market for v r or is the is there the MetaQuest device and then everything else? And I think you can th- my intuition going into this was. That I am glad that Sony is making the poor choice of making another consumer level VR headset. Rob, whenever I see you in person again and can just like bring this with you and you can experience Gran Turismo, I'm sure you're going to lose your shit because by all accounts, it's an incredible implementation of the technology. And yet, Going through that lineup of VR uh, software when I reviewed it, uh, you know, back in February was, wow, this is a lot of games that I have played elsewhere. A lot of other people have played elsewhere. It's basically ports from the Quest plus a Horizon game and not a huge roadmap for where this is going in the future. Uh, And I can't really blame anybody for having a cautious approach to a device that very much seems like it'll have a price cut in the next six months in order to spur some interest tied to presumably some other, you know, more big budget games that Sony has to be making because at the very least they're going to, they're going to commit to this for a couple of years. um, Even if it's not necessarily, uh, you know, something that you'll be getting big games for five years from now.
1: Yeah. It it seems like you would, it's an odd thing where, I am sure that the PSVR is probably PSVR2 is probably appropriately priced for what it is. Yeah. But the problem is that it is juxtaposed against a device that is probably a little bit underpriced for what it is, because that's the console model. Uh is that, you know, you you sell the thing for a little bit of a loss and make it up with recurring revenue and we saw this sales. explicitly
3: with the yeah. the the quest, right? Like they did they did the unprecedented thing of increasing the price that I also think that price has then gone back down a, a tiny bit since. And that might just be the pro model that that kind of sputtered uh, uh when it came out, um but I believe sometime last year. But it's yeah, gonna it's, be uh,
1: tough when you have like someone being like, Well, for that money I could just like that's that's what a PlayStation 5 costs. And yeah. it's possible that in terms of sophistication and like uh you know, the demands placed on manufacturing to produce either of those devices, that is a perfectly fair price. But there is no way to get around the fact that like your PSV, PS5 does a ton of things. You know, it is, you know, it's a it's console. It is also an entertainment center, et cetera. And here's your PSVR, which is like, so you really like Gran Turismo? Like, I mean, a lot. You really you really want to be in the fast car and now. And I do. And to an extent, like there's a lot of companies that have built their. You know, built fortunes off of exploiting the, those types of niches, right? Like, uh, I don't know what the value of a company like Fanatec is, but they seem to be doing pretty damn well, uh, selling high end like sim peripherals to that market. But PS like, but like PSVR is ruled out of that market because it's a PlayStation only device. So that's that's uh, probably the other thing, right? Is the natural audience for a thing like PSVR two is your hardcore sim players who were like that will perfectly complement my $3,000 race seat or mm-hmm. my, my flight cockpit and PSVR just isn't that conversation because of the exclusivity.
3: Right. And then you know, I, I was raising that before it came out. It yeah. was a, a huge sticking point in my review was that I think it was a very misguided. It's a real missed opportunity for them to have not allowed this to, even if it wasn't available at launch to at least promise at some point, Hey, we'll do some sort of PC, Uh, support for this because it really is an excellent consumer device it is both expensive and like appropriately priced like those things can be true at the same time i think all the analysis i've seen of the actual hardware internals is that sony is not out here you know making a shit ton of money off of the psvr too. i'm sure they are to some degree but it is not as though like this is a device that could be sold for a 100 bucks and they're they're slapping 500 bucks on top of it like it is a VR is expensive um, unless you're going to subsidize it uh, like meta was doing for a while at the quest before kind of caught up to them. Uh, you are going to have this issue and it's compounded by a lack of things to play. Like I played the horizon game. I quite liked it. And now I'm right back in the rhythm. I have been with VR before, which is I was very into it for about two weeks and now it has slid back under a desk. Like now this time it's only one wire so that when there is something that comes out, this seems kind of interesting okay, it's not a huge deal for me to put that on. And that is that is helpful. That was a huge part of why I never really engaged with the, the original PSVR beyond uh, its launch um, uh, and like a, a couple of exceptions uh, because it was just a huge pain in the butt to set up. And it's one of those things where uh, the PSVR 2 came out. I was chatting about VR with some people again. And my brother, you know, he was at my house one time recently and he's like, hey, I've heard this, like, these, these Quest things are kind of neat. And I was like, I have one just sitting around. You know, I'm not using it a lot at the moment. And I put it on. And the thing I realized was that the PSVR2's headset is a lot better. Yeah. The quest is totally fine. Like I, I was actually shocked. I was expecting <laughs> to go back to it and, and go, man, can't imagine ever putting this on again. And I was like, well, maybe one wire is too much. And I don't <laughs> want to put on that PSVR two again. Um which I think more just speaks to the state of the technology. It has both advanced quite a bit and not not far enough. Um which makes me just as someone that is 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 has been very interested and enjoys the technology and the experiences I've had in it. I just cannot wait to find out what is driving a company like Apple to want to produce one of these. By all accounts and reports, they are they are set to a, uh, release or at least announce a VR headset that will uh, they're going to charge anywhere between two and three grand for um, sometime later this year. Uh, and Apple doesn't have a strong history of supporting games outside of. The iPhone and iPad, which is mostly just an accidental byproduct of those devices than it was Apple encouraging anything specifically. They just have a really poor track record when it comes to, to games. And the the driving force behind any money being made on VR are games that are getting through Meta's kind of walled garden. They, they're very selective about the games that appear in their storefront. But part of that is to create a quality bar that is that is fairly high. And those games that do make it through end up making quite a bit of money. So it's it's a weird space. I, you know, I, I was... I don't know if quite rooting is the way to put it, but as someone that wants VR to continue to flourish, I don't think AR is a natural replacement for what I like no. about VR. Those are sort of separate technologies, and you know, they're they're frequently spoken in conversation with one another uh, when we talk about like technology of the next ten years. Um, but uh, I I will be very interested to see what Sony. Does going forward responding uh, uh, to stuff like this. That said, if I get a new Astro Boy game out of this, you know what? Ain't my money. Like it was all worth it to get them to make another another <laughs> game because uh, the 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 Astro Bot uh, game on PSVR is tremendous, and I'll happily play that uh, again on a PSVR two and whatever they're cooking up next.
1: I will also note that um, what is it, Astro Bot's Playroom? It, yeah, so tremendous. I fired that cuz I think there's one area I'd never cleared. When I first had it, and I was just hmm. like looking through my PS5 and I was like, I'll play a little bit of that. And uh two things uh were sort of notable. It, one is that Mina loves the little Astrobots and <laughs> like one of them in the main like play area in like when you when you load in is like trying to read a little book and making cute little noises and Mina ran up to the screen and began kissing that little robot. Um <laughs> which is very cute and also very bad for, for a screen screen, yeah. very profoundly bad for an you know, Oh, I was just oh like, Oh, that's so cute. Let me just see who can get me some uh, lens grade microfiber cloths here <laughs> in the next uh, 24 uh-huh. hours. Yeah.
3: Uh, I it, other- it, 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 will just want thing about this story that I would note. I think it speaks to what you're talking a little about Rob is that one thing the PSVR PSVR two lacks that the PSVR did have was I don't know how you would classify these, but essentially casual, non-interactive experiences, things yeah. that are just you put on the headset and get to enjoy the the the, the notion of exp- like looking around a, a, an entire space that is reflected by your head movements is not just novel, but is like really fun. Like PSVR came with, this is what I showed people over and over. It came with a little demo disc and it had a couple of uh, little experiences. You know, there's, if you've ever used a VR headset, I'm sure you've done like a, you know, uh, like a one where you're on a, a roller coaster. And this one was getting lowered into kind of like a shark cage, like getting lower and lower uh, underwater and seeing different um, uh, kind of flora and fauna and, and underwater creatures. And it's tremendous. And you didn't do anything except look around. And I, there is nothing, as far as I know, like that in the PSVR 2. And so even when I got it, it was like... My wife was like, what do you, oh, you got one of those new fancy boxes in there. So like, is there anything that's worth me checking out?" I was like, "Not, nah, No, not re- like not you're not going to play <laughs> Well Super Hot hasn't gotten ported yet. But like, you know what I mean? Like like it was the, there's nothing that I can just put on and transport her to and see like, "Oh, this is how the display technology has evolved over time." It's all uh deeply interactive experiences.
1: So when you mentioned the Apple uh device, the like my thoughts immediately went to uh Honestly, like live events, uh, because one of the things that Apple's also pushing is Apple spatial audio. Uh, ironically, mm-hmm. Sony and mm-hmm. Apple are in the same spaces and a lot of, on a lot of the like on a lot of these fronts. Like, uh, Sony has 360 audio, I think, and Apple has spatial audio. They're two different formats, both trying to sort of deliver this idea of higher fidelity and more like present, a greater sense of presence. It's like, not, uh, it's like,
3: is, is the idea there, you know, this better than me, um, that when you start to approach things like lossless or like high, like high quality audio track, like uh, to the average consumer, you you hit a certain point where either through what they're listening through or even just their ability to discern hits a certain plateau. And that things like spatial audio that are more, I don't know, for lack of a better term, dynamic um, actually impress the average user more than uh, the audio quality getting higher, like on a thing like title.
1: So, Yes. And the thing is, this actually has a there's some background here. There was there was a format. I forget what it was called, but it was like. um, It was like. Audio DVDs, effectively, it was like albums with five one mixes and such, Mm -hmm. and there weren't a ton of these. But to this day, if you look up like Blu-ray player reviews, because I just went through this, there's all sorts of like old formats that are not supported anymore that. People are like, well, this, you know, we understand why they don't support it on this new player. But, it, you know, it's, it's a bummer for people who still have these old things. But I know a few people who did get into that stuff and they did say it was like it was incredible. But the thing is, obviously, it's sort of the same. It's the issues with the ER. If you are creating an album, uh, it's obviously it makes so much better sense to mix it and prioritize a stereo mix, uh, particularly stereo mix that's going to be, uh, good on like earbuds and such, and doing something like I'm going to create a five, one musical experience. You're obviously going to be, uh, hitting a, a smaller, smaller, smaller niche, but people loved this. Uh, the people who got into it really got into it. It just never took off. And I feel like the spatial audio stuff is kind of the successor to that where it's like, Past a certain point, nobody can really tell the difference between uh, like levels of audio quality. Uh, I remember when I was get like looking more into audiophile stuff a few months ago. Uh, I think a researcher in this field was like, "So the amount of sensitivity people can have to scrutinize difference in audio quality goes really high. People can't like people think like audiophiles like the, the humans can't hear the differences uh, in audio quality source quality." they think that like ability to discern drops off way before it actually does. Um, We can actually, we're actually pretty sensitive to differences in audio quality. If we are solely paying attention to that, the mm. minute it is like, I am reading a book and listening to music doesn't matter. You might, you might <laughs> as well be listening. Like you, like, it, like your source quality, suddenly your ability to discern that and, and draw things from it really drops off. So, yeah, like lossless audio isn't you know, it like it sort of caps out on what it can do. But this idea of spatial audio, uh, it solves some things with like the way the physics of sound interact with the listener. But also, I think it's really pushing this idea of what if we could put you with the sense with the sensation of being in the
3: concert hall. Uh, Right. In a space, as opposed to just having the audio just sort of like neutrally blasted into your eardrums.
1: But the thing is, Apple has huge pipelines uh, to deliver that sort of sort of content and audiences that are used to getting that sort of content through Apple. Weirdly enough, despite Sony having like, you know, a a music arm and uh, a motion pictures arm. They've always struggled to leverage that stuff effectively. They've they've, they've tried in-house solutions repeatedly. And then after a year or two, they're like, oh, well, it didn't really take off. Uh, We're going to sunset this and move on. And so I can see that it feels like they may have ended up in the same boat here where like you can easily imagine. A lot of people could be sold on this stuff. It is like put this headset on and you'll be transported to a rock concert or something. Mm -hmm. I could see Apple delivering that really seamlessly. Uh, you know, come, come their release. Sony hasn't managed to do that. Sony, I think, has gotten this stuff partnered through things like Disney Plus, but not through their own like devices as far as I can tell. So, yeah, that that is one of the big things is. VR gaming can be disorienting to folks, even who are used to, even those who are used to like video games, but also you just, you do just need that ability to show somebody something where it's like, check this out. It's going to be awesome. And it is. Yeah. Uh, and if it is like, check this
3: out and it's horizon,
1: no here's twelve. Cool. Here's
3: twelve buttons that you need to remember, yeah. and also even if you have a passing familiarity with controls, these are brand new. You're like wrapping your fingers and your thumbs around it in a different way that feels more ergonomic. It's more naturalistic. Absolutely, like it is better than holding a standard controller, but it's a it's a different mental map. And even if you can see your fingers uh, represented on the screen, it's just a lot to, yeah. to take in. It's you know it's why like my youngest, like when she used any of these headsets for you know like a little little like ten minute spurts, her favorite things are just like. What are essentially interactive cartoons? It's just like an interactive movie plays out and she just gets to watch, you know, little aliens or bugs skirt about, and she is she is delighted. Um, and there's just a real lack of any of that here, despite the fact that, like, as you point out, like there's actually probably no animation studio pushing the form of animation. And aesthetic harder than sony <laughs> animation right now like go ahead and look at like how the spider verse has like completely yeah. changed the conversation about what animation can look like in modern filmmaking and yet like where is my like imagine like the spider verse aesthetic in like a 10 minute not like you know non-interactive film that you got to watch in in vr like that sounds sick as shit actually yeah <laughs> uh so but maybe we, you wouldn't produce that for a thing that was going to sell less than 300,000 copies in its first month. <laughs> so I sort of understand the practical yeah. realities
1: there as well. Yeah, you know, the really, mm-hmm. as dire as those sales figures are, and it certainly sounds like it's it's going really badly. Also, like it is a new piece of hard, hardware that released after the holidays. It is a yeah. niche piece of hardware like I can't believe these numbers are that surprising. Right. It's it, no. it's kind of like it is about the slow start you'd expect for something like this. And like while it is a bit dismaying i'm not quite sure i say ah like you know psvr 2 is is clearly doomed it's like it's actually tracking with where it should be right now it's right. just like they like it's still in their power to change the discussion around this with content for it there yeah. just is it just isn't there right now and the question is when will there be something coming out of that pipeline yeah agreed uh so a thing that um You know what? We might as well just get this over with. As long as we're talking about gadgets and gizmos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, set up the whole office situation this weekend. I've still Ah. got like a lot of the the wreckage behind me. Um, I saw your photo. Yeah.
3: Then I saw lots of people commenting on your photo. Mm hmm. Uh huh. So.
1: Right now, I'm in that window where the dream has met reality, and I'm a little bit like, and I was fully expecting this. Right, I'm undeniably Mm. like a little disappointed in how this has all come together because, like, there were things in my head that, like, in how I imagined this room coming together, I just never like made affordances for. Like, I really there's like
3: certain things you can't know until it's literally physically in the space. Like, you know, the, the layout of my office now, I would do things fairly differently where to do it again. But I built everything. I put it together. Yep. I try to just adjust to it. And it's like, OK, in three to five years, I can, you know, take another another swing at it. But it's more about, OK, here are the mistakes or it's more about what you just didn't expect. Like I know you made, you know, cracked a joke about not measuring like the uh, the monitor mount or something like no, that. It was, uh, so it
1: was the so this has actually been one of the big bummers is um, I assumed because my previous desk, which was the Jarvis, Uh, Which was competing product to uplift desks. Yeah, correct. The Jarvis mount fits uh, the fractal case that I use. And so I did not measure whether uplifts does. And if you look up uplift Uh, CPU holder, immediately you discover a million people discovering the same awful thing, which is that it is it tops out at like eight and a half inches or eight and a quarter inches uh, for like case width. And the fractal is nine inches wide. And so I've got a CPU mount that can't mount the capture PC. It sure as shit will not
3: mount the uh, Corsair. So, so. So the I'm not even familiar with this. Like there you can essentially attach the PC to the desk. So it'll go up and down yep. with. Interesting. And that okay. is. And you I not want even that considered that. Because
1: that, right. the thing that like. The thing you don't want to have with a sit stand desk is to have the ability where you can raise it to a point where you are tugging on the connections and like pulling away from stuff.
3: No, it makes sense. I just, in my mind, I think usually when you like see pictures of people, this, like, this, this, the, we just have a standing desk upstairs that became my mm. wife's desk when COVID yeah. started. And like hers is a more, I think, when the people imagine and like a, that setup, like, it's a laptop and like one external monitor and like, very limited wires. Like I had not even thought through the idea of like, what are you doing with one of these when you have <laughs> a big bulky PC? Um, and th- this is, this obviously makes a lot of sense that there'd be a lot of these uh, different considerations. Cause I, it just hadn't even occurred to me that that the PC would have to go up and down. Well, no. And then, so the other thing is this, this corner desk is like pretty big, right?
1: Cause I was like, it's going to have a lot of shit on it. So I like, it's going to really consume this corner. That means, of course, the distance between the various components is increasing. So, like, I brought one heavy-duty, uh, uninter- uninterruptible power supply up here in Ops. Uh, if I centrally locate it out of the way, the devices on the ends of the desk, like, you know, the TV and one of the PCs, they can't reach the, the power supply. no. So it's like, do I buy a second up? So I have one serving each corner. Uh, do I get there's some things you don't want to put on extension cords, PCs or one of them. Uh, but. Like, do I get a longer PC cord? It's not unsolvable right now. All the shit ended up on my desk. So, like, Mm -hmm. why can't you
3: put in an extension cord? What what happens to the PC if you put an extension cord? uh, So, anything with a a lot of
1: voltage running through it, you don't want to have an extension cord in it uh, because that just becomes a fire risk. The end, like Mm -hmm. where the two cables meet, uh, there's just increased risk of uh, like fire uh, for having like a heavy duty piece of electronics hooked up to an outlet through an extension cord.
3: Isn't that what the the, the gauge, like that's what gauges are on extension cords, right? Where you can buy Mm -hmm. like, insulation is probably the wrong term, but like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're like different levels of extension cord. You can, I had to go through this, I had to go through this with
1: things. So there's like, so yes, there's some extension cords where like, yes, the gauge sort of determines the load. Uh, that's that's possible here. The lower gauge, I think, is going to be like uh, sturdier. Lower lower gauge, thicker, like thicker, like like more uh, juice you can put through it. Uh, is right. the short version. And so, like, there's certain types of connection that you just want, like a high, like for what the power draw is going to be. You're going to want a, a pretty uh, like thick cable. But my understand, like maybe this is over, like overstated is probably the wrong word. Electrical safety. People get very like uh, adamant about because the whole like people whose business it is to be concerned about this, like probably fine isn't good enough. Right. Like if you've created the possibility for like an electrical fire, someone's going to have an electrical fire. So you just don't create the possibility. Uh, (laughs) So like you can get an extension cord that sure, it's like rated for handling the types of loads that a PC runs. But that just that connection, that seam between two cords is an area of concern.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so you don't you don't want that. Uh, so like I can solve this probably by getting longer PC cores. But at the moment, what I've got is I've got my capture PC and the ups both sitting in the corner of the desk. And I'm like, oh, suddenly this this huge desk feels way smaller and a little <laughs> claustrophobic. Um, and this is I have not brought the the new PC up here. Um, once once it is sitting here on this thing, it's going to be like several obelisks uh, surrounding me of of sort of computing hardware. And then like what well, we like, how much how much space do I have on, on my desk? So th- that's sort of the the place where I'm at, where it's like I'm trying to figure out now what do I want to move off this desk and like, how can I safely do that with the desire to be able to like have it go up and down? Uh, Cause that's going to just require some, some other choices. Uh, and I would really prefer to avoid putting like multiple upses uh, in here. Cause that is like each of those things is heavy. The battery's heavy as hell, but the damnable thing, Patrick is like all these devices are connected so you either put them all on an ops or mm-hmm. there's a possibility that you might as well have none of them on an ops uh, because if one device takes a massive surge and it's connected to the wall, but it's connected through different cables to every other device. Then the ops won't protect those. Uh, so that's that's kind of the, the hell of of this kind of of setup. Uh, so it's like trying to figure out now how I can sort of claw back some of the space, uh, from all this shit. Um, <laughs> like I've made my peace with the fact that like it being predominantly a
3: recording space with lots of like possible connections and connections. It's have to upstairs. Be easy to it's to not, to. it's not like yeah. something people are seeing when they walk into the space. And at least I have found, you know, being in this house for six years is in, in many ways, you just have to assemble it and yeah. then live with it. And then over time, you'll come up with ways yeah. of tweaking it as opposed to thinking as though – like, your, your desk is in early access, Yeah, Bob. You know what I mean? Like, it's here. Like, the basic functionality works. And I think stressing too much over getting to the idealized form, obviously easier said than done for me yeah. just given the difference in our personalities. But that – I feel like some of those things, just by, like, talking to people, Oh yeah. sitting with the space, just random, like, browsing of the internet, you just start getting ideas and, like, oh – you know, this is the same way that I, you know, creep on people's garages. How are you organizing your garage? You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> oh, stuff yeah. will strike you. Like, oh, shit, I didn't even know I could do that with a desk. And then uh, maybe that solves X, Y, and Z issue that you have. Yeah. It's Plus, sh- you have to actually use it. You've not, you, like, you have to sit in it to actually even fully realize what your problems are. But the up stuff is, like, a basic 101 uh, issue. So I get that.
1: Right. So that stuff has to be moved out of the way. And I think the, the other big thing is I just hadn't in my imagination, my imagination, like, All the tensions between these different like wants were resolved through the stuff I'd selected where it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, like with with the desk this size, I'll have plenty of space for all the studio electronic shit and all the various connections and all the accessible and easy to fuss with. And then I'll have plenty of space for like a clean desk where I can like, you know, keep notebooks Mm -hmm. and like just do some like focus. No, time. And yeah, like if I put everything up here, it'll be like. I'll be getting sort of bullied by my PCs. Uh, where it's like, <laughs> hey, nerd. What you, what you got there? You, you get your little notebooks here. Let me throw some uh, LED lights on them. Uh, let me <laughs> let, let me just let me just blast some hot air at you. Uh, so, th- like, I, I was fully prepared for it. You know, it's the. um, This is a part of this process that I'm very used to, which is the whole like oh, I've been sort of daydreaming about this cool new thing. Okay, here's the reality. Oh, there's little frictions that I hadn't anticipated. And now right. they're all like sense. Right. Um, Ready to
2: buy a million long
1: cables. There's got to be some long table- cables, because I think the Capture PC has to get off this desk. Uh, I think it's just... It's just too much shit on this desk. It's like it's it's so I can't big. Believe it. It's so black. It's just like <laughs> sucking all the light out of the room. Um, yeah, both of my I, PCs are on the
2: ground on opposite ends of this table, too. I just bought six foot I, plus cables for yeah. everything. If it's I like, had
1: uh man and if only if I had a, just one CPU holder that fit this thing. The thing I'm thinking about is like. I don't think there's anything like special about the Jarvis CPU holder that means I couldn't just drill it into this this desk. Like no, probably I not. Just, I just slapped that shit on. Yeah, um, but then
3: you're then you're drilling into a desk. That's that's scary. That's it's boob- already gotten drilled into mark. a bit
1: uh, in part of in part of the process of putting it together, which I think is the other thing that like threw me off a little bit about this. So uplist instructions are like, and then you book a task rabbit to put it together, or you can do it uh-huh. yourself. And I was like, no. I will just have a task rabbit come and do it, but they don't have like prefer there. You know I mean? There's no certifications for this. Just like go and task, Rabbit and like find it's someone. Just a lo- like, it's just a local person. Right? At, it's not like, doing furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> like, <laughs>
3: sometimes when I've gone, you know, done things through Best Buy or, and like I had a washer, a dryer installed, I, like I'm sure it's still contracted, but like they kind of handle that handoff for you. I, I don't know. Like it can be, depending on where you're ordering from things, it, just when getting shoved off to a TaskRabbit place. There's plenty of great people that do work like through that. I, I got like some security cameras installed through there um, some some years back. But there's but no quality
1: is, control inherent to the platform. Right. It's just like, right. are people, are the people giving good reviews to like the frequently used task rabbits? Are they like in this, are, do they need the same things that you do? You know, who can say? Uh, my guy, we, we like spoke about like what I wanted, how all this comes together. And then I left him to it and I spent like, all of yesterday hauling shit out to the dumpster uh, behind my apartment complex. And I'm busy with that for a couple hours. And then he's like, all right, we're done. And I go upstairs he put it together backwards.
3: What? Like classic, <laughs> classic Ikea mistake. How many times have I always I wait until that's going to happen to me? Oh, and no. the thing
1: is, so it's not a huge difference, uh, but it's small enough to throw me where it's like, the two, this is an L shaped desk. Mm-hmm. The exterior dimensions are pretty square, but one of the desk sides is 30 inches deep and one of them is 27.5. The 27.5 inch side is called the return. And he sort of inverted it from what I had anticipated. And from what we had discussed, and then he made just a bunch of other choices like that flowed from that about like <laughs> then We just like put the CPU older over here. That turned out to be moot. But, you know, at the time, I was like, that's not in the right place. Uh, and it was just like every like small decision. He just sort of forged through. And I was like, but this is opposite from what you described, what we, what we said this was going to how this is going to come together. And he was like, no, it's the only way it could have come together. I thought, uh, you know, we could assemble it the other way. But uh, no, nope, it only goes together this way. And I'm like mm. going on the Uplist website. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I think I think they gave you instructions for one side, but it's all supposed to be reversible. Uh, the the entire thing is supposed to be agnostic about like how you put it together. Um, and it's not the <laughs> biggest deal. But at the same time, it's like not quite right. And also it was like this dude just went rogue in the two and a half hours. I was like hauling shit after the dumpster. He was just like, oh, I've, I don't know what to do here. I better not talk to this guy at all. And I will just make a ton of decisions about how to put this furniture together. (laughs) And so I'm like right on the border of, "Ah, do I want to do I want to raise hell about this? Like, like I had thought about doing this configuration anyway, but it's like, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, Oh, uh, so you just, you just did the, (laughs) you just (laughs) ran into a situation where you're like, Oh, this is, this is opposite from what me and the client just discussed.
3: Well, better just do it.
4: Nice so,
3: turtle. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm a little,
4: little. I like a, I like
3: a much kinder experience one time where um, we were trying to mount a TV upstairs and we ended up finding somebody. I don't know if it was TaskRabbit, but it was one of those services um, that connects you with like a contractor. Um, and we could not, for the like this house, the studs can be very difficult. To find, you're trying the knocking technique. I've bought like two higher level beep 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 devices, but like all, it'll reveal to me sometimes what? is like there's a bunch of wires back there, like electric like uh, it-, it is suggesting that there is like yeah. electrical back there, and you can't know whether it's live or dead. I anyway, so I like I did everything for the TV mount except for literally, like it was on the TV. I just had not mounted on the wall because this was going right where our kids are always hanging out, and it's like I'm not. Fucking around. I will pay the hundred bucks to have somebody come in and do the final two steps. And like this really nice old guy comes in, like figures it out, like was able to explain a little bit about how the, the walls work. Um, And he was like, you, I know that you explained it in the email or the description or whatever, but like you really did like 95% of the, work here i'm just gonna charge you half i feel bad i'm gonna be here for 10 minutes and i was like i was like that's fine i just need you to be here for the 10 minutes so that i feel better about this process <laughs> and that like i just don't trust that like i could i could properly find the spot for it to be mounted and not collapse upon uh my child yeah that is the uh you know
1: it like i was looking at the instructions it didn't seem that complicated but at the same time it also seemed like a huge pain in the ass. Uh,
3: yeah, I put to- like, I put together the. I mean, I, we bought it right as COVID started. Like yeah. everyone was like reshaping their homes. It's not an L shape though. It's just a rectangle, so it's probably a little less involved. And, um, but yeah, it wasn't fun. I, di- I didn't I didn't enjoy that process. No, no. This is this is the other part, right? Where it's like <laughs> I got to make my own mistakes, though, Rob. You know, like that's the part of the yeah. part of the fun of putting it together. Is- then it's just on you. Yeah, well, I don't know. Actually, I think I'd prefer to be in Rob's spot, which is that you can have your distance from it. You can com- you can complain about the person you hired to do it, as opposed to what <laughs> usually happens to me is that I get forty five minutes into the IKEA project and my wife goes, "I think that looks backwards." I'm <laughs> yeah. like, "Fuck!" the again. Yeah, I don't know. No it's- one to blame but me and my lack of spatial awareness. Mm. It's certainly mm. complicated
1: because, like, it's um, there's there's part of it's like I don't know, man. Like, yeah. You know, for putting it together semi backwards, like he did a very good job, but also <laughs> I'm like, but also he just like hit a bunch of decision points and never spoke to me about it. And he was just like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like you're like, it was a decent, it was a pretty steep hourly rate. uh, You know, mm-hmm. the guy was charging and I was like, I feel like you would have gotten paid for the time to speak to me about it. You know, it's just you, yeah. could have just you could have just pumped the brakes and been like, hey, this seems off from what we thought. We'll, we'll see if it ends up making a difference. Uh, you know, right now it is like, as you said, Patrick, still sort of in the early access, like burn in uh, period, which I guess, you know, speaking of burn in. So the other thing is I've got the big uh, curved TV thing in here now. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Curves
1: close. Cool. It looks it looks close. Uh it is close, but like with the cur- like the curve does make a difference. Uh, the, okay. the the curve like does make it start to feel more like wow, this is like a really intense and awesome. Like, I was playing the show on that, and I was like, oh, I can see the ball like ways I've never encountered before. Like I'm just eating these pitchers up. <laughs> uh, okay, but. It's like, it's pretty big. Uh, You know, it's, I I intended for it to be a thing where I'm sitting back a little bit further anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like the, the curve stuff is cool. It's unnerving as hell because I thought it would like, you set it to your curve you like, and then it would be like, okay, the, it just lives here like this. Every time you turn it off, it like relaxes and it straightens the screen back out. Which is fine, but every time you turn it on, because it must
3: be restraint. Like there's a, a strain that is being yes, there the has internal to be comp- tension on it. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be released, otherwise, one day you're going to be watching the game and it just goes boing. That's it's all I can think about now. I just like every time I turn
1: it on, it restores the curve, and the first sound it makes is a loud plasticky pop, and I swear to God, it sounds like a screen cracking. Oh it isn't God. i think it is the i think it is like the contacts uh for the for the motor uh like uh like being made and starting to move like starting to move the motor but it's every time you turn the screen on it sounds like the first thing that happens is like all right let me, let's just snap this
3: baby in twain uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is a oh. little bit unnerving you're gonna hear that sound in the middle like you know they, they, they there's a thing that uh parents experience called phantom cries Mm. um which is like as your kids get uh older you just have gotten so psychologically used to like hear them cry need to go figure out what's what's going on see if they need anything um and you just hear those until you kind of get some distance from it i feel like your phantom cry is going to be that like you're gonna be downstairs and you're you're going to hear it (laughs) did it did it move like this is like a what is that a uh, Reddit slash creepy. Like, please write up a <laughs> short story about Rob <laughs> dealing with the snap. I think this uh, is
2: just, uh, you know, small karmic ways that Rob is going to be paying for the, the amount of purchases. Sins, the sins of the
3: technology. <laughs> yeah. Well, <there's>, so uh, <laughs> the sins of efficiency. Overall, like the curve, function, function. Sorry, function. I'm efficiency.
1: The curve stuff looks cool. Uh, that part I dig. Things that were wildly oversold. Uh, multi-view where the idea was you can like have a you can do mul- like uh, twin source pane, inputs like, yeah yeah Uh mm. so i knew this going in it doesn't do two hdmis the lgs that are coming out this year will do two hdmis but not this version
4: mm-hmm.
1: but it doesn't support youtube tv through multi-view it supports youtube but not youtube tv which is weird because like the two sort the two apps like function almost identically but it's just- like the, bu- the so the built-in app does not do multi-view that's what you're saying no it doesn't you know like you can watch youtube split screen with like something you're playing through an hdmi source but you can't like watch youtube tv so like the sports use case kind of went out the window uh for Mm. that you know with the computer here it doesn't make a huge difference but it was like it's kind of annoying and i feel like multi-view comes up a lot in reviews for like the c2s and this screen and it's like it's just weird to me that reviewers like talk about this and it has such limited functionality. Like, I don't understand how, you, how like reviewers for TVs were like, what a cool feature. And it like works with YouTube and nothing else. Yeah. The uh, idea that
3: you cannot have, I mean, sure. Maybe it's a limited technology, but I think on a very basic level, if you told me this display can show two sources, I would think that means HDMI one, HDMI two yep. shown to me. If it doesn't have that, I don't know that you can properly claim you have multi because that would be most people's interpretation of playing of having things side by side.
1: <laughs> or like I could understand like maybe you can't take two HDMI sources, but like something off its app library, I would think right. you, you should be able to pull, and it just
3: can't. Uh, Who are the, who's building these apps? Like, is this from like the LG? This library? is the so I
1: think companies decide whether they're going to support LG or not. Uh, so okay. LG is like frequently a bit like they have most of the major apps. They're still waiting on a few things that may never come in, but yeah, I think it's like companies decide to support LG stuff, but like this just feels like I, I don't understand why only YouTube is the one to do it. And then you look up like reviews for this stuff and a lot was spent uh with people like being like, wow, you can like watch over the air TV and then be playing like PlayStation or something in the background. It's like, who watches over the air? T- like we should. Like we should. Like the signal's great. Like it looks looks amazing. But like I don't have a TV antenna. I'm in, a, I'm in an apartment building, man. Uh, it's made of brick. I'm in a bunker here. <laughs> so it's yeah. It's just it's just kind of a weird thing uh, that that I that I sort of hit. And I guess the the last thing I would note is I may have made a lot of statements about like how cool bias lighting would be. Uh huh. A lot that seemed actually, uh, if I recall, fairly central I was stoked. to your point. I was so excited for this bias lighting. Yeah. Um and something I probably should have mentioned, and uh, and if I would sort of maybe describe this more clearly, especially to Kato, uh, we could have uh-huh. gotten ahead of this. <laughs> My walls are very deep, rich blue, Kato.
2: Oh yeah. That's not gonna <laughs>
4: so, <laughs> so bias lighting. That's gonna reflect shit. It's
2: all just blue. <laughs> it's all just blue. It's just blue. <laughs> just it's just giving giving all shades blue
4: of blue. Yeah,
1: but it's like, oh my god! Of course, all the like pictures of people being like, oh man, like the the colors flowing out of the game across my walls, and I'm just like, it's blue. It's blue. Oh, that's a that's a slightly warmer
2: blue. Ooh, this yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. So
1: uh, it's it's a nifty device, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be oh. again in the early access mode. I'm gonna be sitting here thinking about like how much is that curve really worth to me? Because ultimately, that oh. is the that is the main draw here is you know that that curve, and it is impressive,
3: but like, is it that impressive? I, I worry we're in a bit of a when you bought the Surface situation, <laughs> which is that the one that you want. I mean, this is a first gen tech, right?
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure there's going to be another generation. Like this is such an odd device. Uh, There's been no discussion of it being refreshed with the screen generation like change that's happening right now. Like Mm -hmm. the this is a C2 screen, which was last year's LG. This year is going to be the C3 screens. Uh, I don't know if like, again, this is going to be like a niche device. I do kind of wonder if there's going to be like a version 2.0 of the OLED flex. Cause it had the same reaction from everybody, which is like cool device, wildly expensive for what it does. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if like there
3: never is a refresh of this. Um, it has strong, uh, you went to, uh, CES, saw cool tech and walked out with a monitor that never gets made again. You <laughs> yeah. know, so that's you see, it's like that. I associate with modern CES when it's been divorced from, Apple being there, or even its like longer history of the, uh, pre uh, pre E three, in which like it was the the trade show for for video games, uh, predominantly in the in the United States. Now CES is mostly like I go to the Verge to scroll through and see like a bunch of goofy shit that I'll never buy. Um, it's like we're here's a twelve k television. Okay, yay! Like you you do technically it's a way to like show off a cute, cute yeah. piece of like R and D. Um, that you've managed to manufacture and and show in a consumer level form, but that maybe is not necessarily like what is the market for it, right? And that's that, that's the market's Rob.
1: <laughs> well, the market, like now, I, I think, if it, yeah, Kato,
2: Rob, you had mentioned, don't they make the same panel without the flex uh, capabilities? No, it's the, you
1: just have the C two TV. How is that? How much does that cost? Well, with the price cuts now, it's like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> so that's
3: like within the ballpark of what yeah like what, what a lot of that stuff would yeah
2: you know. no i just but do you patrick do you remember the price point of the curve yeah no i've I, got i look i i got i got
1: my i got my goofs okay. i, I, no, I think Rob the, a lot I think last it is week the, I, I think it is the like in theory for me it was like there's a device that is kind of like perfect for mm-hmm. what i like for what i want in a situation like this and then there's a TV. And Mm -hmm. the TV is considerably cheaper, but it is not the thing that appears to be kind of perfect for what I want. So like, and how would you know that without actually nobody has it on demo anywhere nobody. Right. And I would bet you, though, in a showroom, this thing would show brilliantly. They would have it against a white wall, and it would be like, you know, check out this curve. And I would bet you, like, you'd
3: have a lot of people who just (laughs) get rolled. Just don't turn it on and off. There's nowhere to do, like, (laughs) you just don't do stuff like that anymore, right? Like, I'm uh, growing up, like, walking through, like, the Best Buy electronics section and, like, the separate, I don't even know if they have these anymore. But, like, they would have, like, a separate, like, high-end AV section where it's like, hey, does Dad want to buy... Huh? Best Buy still has those, but okay. they are kind—they are kind of a shadow of what they were. Uh, I just—I just think people give a shit. Like, like the the the, the, the rise of soundbar. Like things have gotten good enough for most people that you know things like Sonos. It's just like you can spend a fraction of the cost of what those things used, to and they—they they sound look good enough. Where there's just less of a reason to have the. Let's cannot, you know, let's let's get a bunch of money on dad's wallet, which I think is what those things were set up for, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s. It was my memory, memory of them.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, I think for me, it's I'll be playing around the screen for a bit more. I'm going to make a call on whether I'm going to keep it uh, probably in the next few weeks. But honestly, a huge thing is going to make me like inclined to keep it is. Returning, this makes me want to jump out of my window. (laughs) Like, just the thought of, like, put this back in Taking it off,
3: putting it back, yeah.
1: Like, just, like, screens are bad enough. This thing...
3: How do you get that back without them telling you you broke it? Right. Right. That is... Can they come pick it up? And also, (laughs) like, it is weird,
1: but the packaging defied the laws of physics because there was more volume, like unboxing it created an infinite volume of packing materials Mm -hmm. compared to a thing that was just self-contained in a reasonably sized box. So the minute I took this like shit out of the box, my apartment filled up to the knees with styrofoam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I just can't like everywhere I go, just styrofoam
3: packaging materials. So (laughs) I, I had this, I had this recently. I don't, I forget what the device was, but like, it was trying to return something and like, The packaging was so efficient, and I I respect it. I respect it. But then I had to look up a YouTube video of an unboxing and essentially watch it in reverse (laughs) to figure out, like, how do these little plastic pieces stack together to, like, fit the box? The box will only close if it goes in the order it was assembled. And so I'm watching an unboxing video to just figure out how I get it to to close properly.
1: TV boxes – are open at the bottom, so it all just slides off, which yeah, is great yeah. until you unbox it. The first, if you ever need to rebox it, you're fucked because there is no <laughs> bottom. So you need to get those like heavy like zip tie straps to go over it, or else like you can't safely move it. Uh, so that's going to be that's another wrinkle to this. But honestly, I can't even really assess it until I deal with some of the other desk stuff. But it's like it is. It is a cool device. It is. Again, like in terms of the reality, uh, slightly underwhelming compared to what I was sort of like geared up for, but at the same time, like it is kind of gorgeous. And it is it is a hell of a thing. We sit in there embraced by the curve uh, playing playing in four war, like, warm with warm embrace of the curve. Oh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a hell
3: of a thing. But watch these bulls come back from 23 points down. Ah, just wrap ra- DeMar DeRozan all over me, Rob. Compton's finest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just the uh, like again.
1: I just like I've got Stacey King now all the time in in my head. Is I
3: didn't enjoy, I forget we'll have to talk with this on sports, but someone explained the mouse uh catchphrase uh and how it relates to basket. What is the what is it like a, a mouse, mouse in the house uh,
1: gets the cheese? That's just free mm-hmm. cheese right there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang,
2: bang. That's true, I guess. Yeah. it's
1: it's an incredible array of weird isms. Did you catch their? Um, they were calling a game out of uh, uh, Charlotte. Actually, they're playing. I think I think it was the Hornets. It was on Friday. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. And the PA announcer was just like deafeningly loud, and it was just two hours of the Chicago Sports Network casters uh, slowly losing their minds. <laughs> from because <No. laughs> the PA was so loud. It was coming through their mics and being like fed to their monitors. <laughs> and so like, I can only imagine how impossible it was to speak with someone just like blaring in your ears at all times, saying the stuff that you're about to say. Uh, but it was, it was an incredible mix of like what happens when the audio engineering setup goes horribly wrong for sports casters. Uh, because it's, yeah, it was they they, the, the, once they noticed they couldn't stop talking about it. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, that's that's been my little tech corner, my little tech corner desk. Uh, beep, 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 You know, I think we're gonna learn a lot from that dead space stream, Patrick. <laughs> like that'll be <laughs> oh, a that's true the, that's test a stress test, huh? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm,
1: Long mm-hmm. day of gaming
3: in front of the old flex. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think we're gonna try and do that next week. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll have so to come up uh,
2: some way to represent the flex flexing around the. You know, I'm going to distort, the, yeah, gonna distort the
1: edges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. You not need to distort, distort the
3: edges. Can you can you look up um like some sort of video that, like review of the monitor rec- isolate the sound of it making the snap and then just feed that into Rob's
4: ears
3: every god. once in a while. Just every once in a while. Am, so the videos
1: I watched did not do justice they didn't make to the, the noise sound of the. Motor. Oh, the, you okay. might hear the motors running, but like the snap is different. Like this is a like, again, deeply unsettling. Uh But, you know, is, you know, that's just the sound of progress. I think that is the, <laughs> uh you know, instead of being
3: scary, progressing toward the end of a warranty.
2: <laughs> Time ticking forward.
3: <laughs> yep. Just every. Can single you get st- an extended warranty <laughs> on that monitor if you keep it? No.
1: So the uh the place I bought it from was like, "No, nah, we don't really do extended warranties on stuff that like mm. uh they they do a lot of like service stuff for like audio equipment, like vintage uh-huh. stuff, like it was true for a lot of these like places. But they're like, you know, LG stuff we leave to LG." So okay. I am on my own with this beautiful strange obj, uh, <laughs> you know, hanging out on on my desk. Uh, Anyway, we will we will leave it there for now. We will take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got some more game stuff to chat about back after this. and we're back and hey just as a reminder waypoint plus listeners got the ad, the podcast ad free learn more at waypointplus.com and see how you could have filled that break with nothing but cool jaunty little tunes the the Kato drops in uh so patrick you are still on the resident evil 4 uh bandwagon
3: yeah i'm i'm nearly done <coughs> with the game uh when i uh, reviewed it i you know played about about half of it and i've been kind of working my way through the the back half during my four days off that really that's deceptive. That was not, that did not count. None <laughs> I did get to go to the Cubs game opening day. That was, that was, oh. I got to do that with my wife and that was delightful, but it's like one day spent uh, with my youngest coming back from a trip and the, or the oldest coming back from a trip and the youngest was strep throat. Well, that's one day gone um the tuesday the first day the youngest came home from school with the strep well that's an entire day gone mm. and then friday i spent prepping for the youngest uh spider-man party on uh, saturday so i guess i got i got to go to the cubs game and somehow i took four days off but occasionally during that period i i continued to play resident evil the thing i'll note i'll kind of save overall thoughts towards once i've actually like finished it in the next couple of days but um An interesting thing I would note about this one and where we talk about this game in sort of the broader array of remakes and revisitations that we are seeing uh, increasingly for like more modern uh, games is that there's just not that much of a distance between when Resident Evil 4 came out and now. And increasingly, the more I play, while I respect and quite like what is here, I almost wish it was they've given, been given more of a license to depart even further. Um, Resident Evil 2 feels... is a pretty radical departure in many ways from that base game. It is not just an, an aesthetic layer. And that's the, the oversimplification of what's happening in Resident Evil 4 as well. But it's like, look, man, that original game is still here. It's still great. You can buy it. Take a bigger swing. Like, why? you know, like, yeah. I, wish, I wish the swings here were... We're bigger. And I made that note before, you know, in talking about the game before, but it's a point that I think is only exaggerated the more that I play. Um, And I think that also I've seen other, (coughs) excuse me, folks who are, who played a ton of Resident Evil 4. I played a lot of Resident Evil 4, but you know, I played that game once, beat it, loved it and kind of moved on with my life. But folks who have played it a bunch of times, it's like, you know, I understand their complaints over the combat rhythm where it looks awfully similar to how Resident Evil 4 plays, but there is a repetition and a specificity and a repeatability to the combat flow of Resident Evil 4. There's a reason it's a very popular speedrunning game. Because there's a predictability to shoot guy in the knee, you know, kick them with a quick time event sort of sort of stuff. Like, you can kind of get into a, a very specific flow. And understandably, Resident Evil, the, the remake, kind of makes it so you're not as quite sure what's going to happen. If I had a guy in a kneecap twice, maybe he goes down. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does go down, but he didn't actually give you the prompt to do a melee attack. And so there's way more ambiguity in the combat. I don't have a problem with that, but I understand folks who look at this remake and go, well, gee, there are differences here, but it's awfully similar. And if it was more different, then you'd, you would feel less weird about the ways it was the same. And I mm-hmm. guess that is the kind of the the odd tension that this one exists mm-hmm. within, is that I feel like, without knowing exactly how it, what Capcom assigned to this team in terms of like, here's what you can and can't touch. It does feel as though there was a real genuine attempt to keep a lot of it intact. Uh, Not quite change around the margins, but it's, it's, it's not wholly more than that all all told. And even though I think it's exceptionally well done, really fun to play and a great entry point. If you have not played the original as someone that has played the original, I kind of can't help but look at this and go, I, I wish I was more surprised at the things that were happening Here and that they were they they took uh, some more risks on like reinterpreting what Resident Evil Four was. I don't I don't know that I needed it to be this whole notion of like matching the visuals to my memory. I sort of like would rather be more surprised by the things around every around every corner as opposed to just kind of matching the nostalgia.
1: Is it a bit like uh you know we had the same reaction to Dead Space, which is like this feels a lot like Dead Space, and then it's like no, it is not actually. It's like. Profoundly different in ways that we spent a lot of time appreciating and coming to understand. But, like, the initial impression was consistent with our memories, but then it is a different work. It is doing different things. It is going about its business in a different way. And Resident Evil 4 just sounds like it is actually that thing where, where you come in, and you're like, man, this feels just like Resident Evil 4. It feels a lot like Resident Evil 4. I think uh, it's closer to that. Yeah. I, th-
3: I think it is definitely doing things like Dead Space, where if you were to play it back to back or simultaneously that you would be surprised at the amount of things that don't match your memory. But I do think it's not quite just like layering on a new coat of paint that it does a real disservice to, to a lot of the, the, the interesting design work that has been done here. Um, I'm just not somebody personally who gets like when remakes, whether it's movies or games or whatever, for me, like I would rather the creatives behind those works reinterpret the work as opposed to just trying to match the past and like there, there can still be a joy in that matching, but that stuff already exists. Like do something new with like the template or the foundation. And I just kind of wish there was a little bit uh, more of that uh, uh, happening here. Um, But, you know, I think that also speaks to the foundation of Resident Evil four, which is that, you know, I could also understand looking at it and going, yeah, but why would we do that? But then you start to get into the whole exercise of why are we doing any of this at all? And then that, gets, <laughs> that gets dark and cynical uh, pretty quickly. Um, whereas, you know, I think I was, we discussed this when uh, uh, we were just with Ren, but like she was asking about uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, which is a game that you could not do this. You could not take its foundation and go, Haha, just upgrade those graphics. You really have to like radically rethink how is that game working? Um, and I think because Resident Evil 4 was as good as it was and still feels relatively modern, you end up with a game that feels kind of safe by comparison. And while still excellent, I-, I wish was a little riskier. So I'm just hesitating over this next story because like. Um, it's
1: the so the the uh, a- actor playing Ada Wong uh, being targeted by harassment campaign, Uh this is one of those things I, I I see these stories generated so much of like Patrick and we can keep this in the podcast or not. It's just like where I tend to come down on these things. Where mm-hmm. like It feels like now increasingly there is a. um Culture war industrial complex that we're all stuck in to an extent of like we amplify shitty hate campaigns cover co- like like the whole like uh last of us last of us uh, third episode is being review bombed. And it's like, what the yes. fuck does that
3: mean? I like I I agree. I think it is worth a worth. It is like both worth noting, like that you know the amount of like shitty folks who are. I think what what is worth noting is the the actor Lily Gao, remo- scrubbing their Instagram uh, of just discussion of their own work, Resident Evil, otherwise because they have been targeted by shitty yeah. Resident Evil fans and thus don't feel they are essentially self censoring as a result of a like harassment campaign. I think that's noteworthy. I am with you though, Rob, on the broader point. And I I remember pointing this out with the last of us stuff where you get lots of websites aggregating uh, these culture wars in a way that, well, the moment you share it, all you're doing is amplifying and attracting those same bad actors. You're just participating in the, like the homophobia you know, as was the case with last of us by pointing out what's happening, It's like, Oh, who fucking cares what they have to say? Just like, like, it's one thing to write an editorial speaking to it, right? Like if you have something to say about the material, um, yeah, it's like, I, I get, I get really annoyed when it's just an article about like embedding a bunch of tweets from like far right actors. Uh, and it's like, look at these shitheads. It's like, who cares? Why do we, why do we need to write about them? So I'm with you.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is tricky. Cause like, obviously these, like campaigns are enormously destructive and harmful. And yes, like uh, clearly like Lily Gao is sort of batting down all hatches and is trying to disappear this uh, piece of work from her uh, like online presence. And, you know, obviously there's people speaking out in support of that. And this is something that happens to uh, like voice actors, particularly uh, voice actors who portray like female characters in games. This is uh, like, Really awful, um, comes with the territory type stuff, uh, and I think that's maybe another part of it that makes it trickier to cover. Is these things are so like routine now that it also becomes like kind of harder to discuss, uh, because it is now just oh, did you play? Sorry, did you play a, a female character in a notable video game? Well, here is the other thing that comes with that, uh, which is awful misogynistic fan bases and there are people out there you know voicing support and such but ultimately the 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 damnable frustrating thing about all this is like it doesn't feel like we're any closer to there being a solution to this we can post as many like people who'd speak this way and need to get the fuck out of the industry games are for we can say that as many times as we want but these folks are just sort of camped out and post up and waiting for new targets, uh, right. and it's like I don't know. It, uh, it it is a problem that I certainly don't know how to solve, and it's something like obviously worth continuing to talk about. But at the same time, I look at I, I look at like the the way a lot of these issues get discussed, and does end up feeling like it and like. It falls into a pattern of kind of awarding these harassment camp, like rewarding these harassment yeah. campaigns. I, th- I think for, like the Snyder
3: stuff was like yeah. the like the primary like like ground zero for 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 a lot of that, and that's that came after hopefully lessons learned from Dar- Mary's media outlets from things like GamerGate. Is like, look, how much power did those shitty fans actually have? Or is every article that was written about them just a way of attracting those very shitty fans to celebrate the fact that you wrote about the shitty fans, yeah. but then also to attract the people that don't like those shitty fans? And then right. it's it's just a different form of clickbait, right? Like it it is just a it's there's no there's no healthy discourse happening in there. It's just a way of aggregating outrage uh in a yeah. way that is very cheap and easy to well, do. And
1: it's become such a part of uh, I think I talked about this on Shift F1 the other week, but it just it it continues to just sort of be front of mind because, uh, you know, the shitty thing about Google phones is that if you scroll, if you swipe to the left, you pull up their news, you might find interesting, uh, you know, widget on on a Google phone. And effectively, it's like Google's around the web links, but it's like like
3: right there, almost on your homepage. Probably on your amount, I, I have the amount of time I recently figured out that a friend of mine had been sending me. I was like, why, why every time, like three different times you have sent me something, be like, isn't this interesting? And I I click on it and I'm like, none of this is true. Or it's like framed horribly. And I eventually was like realized it was coming from yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I was like, sorry, man, like and this is just not a good place to go to get information about a film or something. And it's happening fucking everywhere. It's like on every on
1: every topic. So like uh, when Henry Cavill uh, left the Witcher to go do D.C. stuff and then all mm. the D.C. stuff gets blown up. And there's like rumors coming out of the Witcher production that he's just a huge weirdo to work with and was like like toxic and misogynistic. But then also maybe like they weren't working with him well. And like the. Netflix. But. You can sort of see that there's entire like content mills generating stories. For both camps in this out of what appears to be like nobody's ever really given that many explicit comments about like verifying any of this or the notion that there is like a Cavill camp and a Netflix camp and all this. There's very little like to pin down and identify what's happened here, but there is this like content industrial complex creating this notion of like the pro and anti Cavill camps and having them fight uh yeah. online uh this this is just kind of everywhere
3: uh yeah now. it's difficult it because in- it, uh, on one hand you don't want lily gao to experience like not have it acknowledge what is happening to her and the difficult part is okay once you've acknowledged it what do you do as part of that acknowledgement and i think that's you know to your point earlier not that i expect any of these articles to have a solution um you know if anything it's maybe the problem here is that you know you don't have someone like Capcom coming out like the most powerful actor in any of this is the publisher that vo- gave her the voice direction on this character like voice voice acting is so specific to the direction given from uh the companies producing it like the, the actor in the scenario uh, Capcom I guess be, I mean I don't mean that as a voice actor but like Capcom is the company you know so far at least uh to, to from what I can see has been been silent so I you know I'm I'm sympathetic to news outlets that are coming at this from a good faith place of this person is experiencing like a form of like online suffering. And it's worth pointing out that that is bad. And that either that's, whether that's a form of like solidarity or at least just pointing out like bad thing is happening. It's worth acknowledging that. Uh And yet I don't, there's a fine line between, and I think that's why the last of us stuff got me so upset because I think there's something like reading like the, the Euro gamer piece is the one I, I linked uh for us to to go. And I, and I think uh, Vicki Blake at Irugami did a great job sort of like covering the bases of like, what is going on here? Um, what, you know, and, and, and try, you know, does not fall too far in that territory of the stories that bug me. The last of us one bugged me. Cause it's like, people are writing up the, the IMDB like comments and ratings. It's like, why the fuck do I care about that? Like you have to explain to you, you have to justify it's okay to write up people th- saying things somewhere, but give it context. We do I give a shit about like the IMDB ratings of this fucking episode of a television show
1: yeah increasingly i don't give a shit if something's being steam review bombed like it like <laughs> yeah we get it like people are like here's who we hate today and show up and they try to like wreck their business but it's not a not a huge deal i guess maybe with stuff like this where well i do get a little like i i do get a little bit more tuned in as like there is a workplace safety of this aspect of this that i think is not being like handled sufficiently when you say like what is Capcom doing in a situation like this? The thing that concerns me is you had a lot of like contractors who are like, thank you for your work. Good luck out there. Right. And you know, there's, there's situations, there are times when like people genuinely might need someone to open their mail. And I don't mean, I don't just mean like to like, you know, to see like physical mail. Cause like somebody's trying to like send you a bump, but I just mean like, We are going to give you a social media manager for the release window who for like two weeks you you, like will just handle this and will just be the person like running point on absorbing this. You can go off and live your life, but you don't like if the actor is the one who had to scrub their own timeline and handle all this on themselves. I think that that is the stuff that like really gets under my skin because, you know, if we are saying this comes with the territory and this is sort of a fully predictable outcome of working in the space for these types of characters, then the people commissioning these characters and people like asking this work to be done need to be like made to bear the costs uh to some extent of doing this rather than it being like, Oh damn, it's so bad what's happening to these actors. Um You know, sending positive vibes your way. Right. That's like, sometimes what
3: people need is like that's not, not like signing eyes, them up for delete me and getting like their personal information scrubbed right. from different places like a very practical way of protecting people when they become the target of harassment campaigns yeah kind of, I, th- I thought you were were you trying to say something earlier
2: no nah, i mean just us I, I feel like the steam review thing was like there's a small difference there because it's the it's the it's the place you go to purchase those things versus like you know imdb and like other review like letterboxd and stuff where like you kind of have to go searching for that sort of content there but i can see why it might be worth just like pointing out that it was the reason there's such a big jump and like that's why steam added that little like thing like we think this was bombing activity it's because sometimes it's like it got bombed and it's not bad so we don't want to like We got to give the devs a chance at actually, you know. Well, it
3: affects the algorithm, right? Like it affects how things are displayed uh, in the Steam store. And you can imagine that being weaponized uh, to try and punish games that (laughs) are too woke or whatever (laughs) is the the allegation.
1: It is a more serious, like it is the, like it's a world of difference between like, I guess just because the bear is on my mind. But like (laughs) Steam reviews is like people like. Throwing a big C into your restaurant window. Yeah. (laughs) And be like, oh, you don't want to know what's, you don't want to know what's going on here. Like it's not passing inspection. And really it's people just with an ax to grind, making it look like this product is legitimately like shit. Yeah. And actually it's like, I don't like what the developer tweeted the other day, or I don't like what this game is about. But where is like, but IMDB reviews, who gives a shit, right? Like literally nobody, nobody in the history of like the internet has ever been like. Is this any good? I shall go to IMDb <laughs> to find out. Mind you, IMDb is still out there pitching like we could be a portal of whole bunches of experiences. No, you're not. No, you're not. They All have people television want shows. I IMDb, I know.
2: IMDb made
1: things.
3: IMDb TV. Oh my god! Yeah, it th- still th-
1: exists, right? They're still pitching it.
3: There was a major show, fairly well major, and like it had a like a really notable. Mhm. Actor. Which what was it? I'm trying to find it. Um I don't know. But yes, they they, so, they are so vanilla.
1: ironic. Uh and <laughs> we can't figure out who was who was uh, in the cast for the IMDb where, where TV it? show.
2: Look it up. No, no. <laughs> yeah, IMDb TV does not work as a search. <laughs> it's not not yeah. bringing it up. <laughs>
3: But yeah, it's, but it's, oh, like, the, okay, this is, okay, I found it. I yeah. Found it, I found it. On April 13th, 2022, it was announced that a spinoff of the prime video series, Bosch titled Bosch legacy would premiere on the IMDb <laughs> TV service on May 6th, 2022. Um, Wait, is this for the, se- is this for
1: the part of the series where no, because Kato, because canonically Harry Bosch leaves the LAPD and then comes back to work cold cases sometime later.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I. I guess. Sure. It's just. And then I, don't I think. Know. And then
1: I think there's a. No, that actually is a TV now. I think they even introduced a like passing of the generational torch, where it's like Bosch's daughter has followed <laughs> his footsteps and has become the new like uh. literally, literally, it's the, uh it's the fake TV show in Only Murders in the Bo- Building, where it's like Bosch's <laughs> right. daughter yeah, yeah, is the yeah. new Bosch.
2: Uh. No, I just um. I was being very. That, that getting boss baby vibes from this just because my brain went, immediately went to like risk legacy or betrayal, betrayal like all the like you know, mm-hmm. uh, long form yeah. board games that have that sort of naming convention. This TV show, you can well, only watch once, turn into... and it'll
3: change.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, there was the one I didn't watch it, but there was like the Netflix, uh, oh yeah, heist the, um... show where it played the. Kaleidoscope, I think is what it called, where it played the episodes uh, out of, well, it just picked a random order. Uh, I thought you were talking about the, the one same, that you could pick the, stuff.
2: The With ben, was it one well, of
3: those two? Cumberland? But there was this, there was a heist television show that I believe the finale, if you, when you click play, it picked a randomized order for the episodes, except for the finale. The finale was the same for, for everybody, but it was meant to be, it was like shot, written under the assumption that you would. Watch in a different order than than other people, which means that like your setups and payoffs kind of happen differently yeah. because obviously you're you're experiencing so sort of the timeline yeah, a in, a, in a fractured manner.
2: What was, I remember another one where you actually like picked things. Was that on Netflix though?
3: They've done most of that stuff, right? Yeah, there was the yeah. interactive um, Black Mirror episode, right? Isn't that the right. one you're thinking of? But there is no. But there was a show they did that was like,
4: yeah.
2: I can't find it. I swear to God,
3: there was a choose-your own adventure thing that they did. Like yeah, yeah, not, yeah. This Black is what Mirror I'm thinking type. of. And like, well, the, they put they put. I mean, they they <laughs> there was There was a Black Mirror one. They've also like they Netflix had like the Minecraft Telltale game in there that was interactive. They have kids interactive elements on there where like you pick. Like you're like, right. Kind of okay, it wasn't from shows we watch. It wasn't a.
2: Uh, it was. It's technically a film, but it is Black Mirror colon Bandersnatch. And I. I kept mm. wanting to say Benedict Cumberbatch was in this thing because for some reason my brain was like, Banders, Cumberbatch, Bandersnatch.
3: Choose your own Benedict Cumberbatch adventure. I- uh, Bandersnatch,
2: that's what Bandersnatch, I was Bandersnatch Cumbersloot, I love that guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,. Yeah, but it's every every time I see like something posted about like there's a review bombing campaign on IMDb. It's like I want to hunt you down, like every <laughs> single person. It's like, all right, uh, we uh. need to find the we need to find the masthead of Collider and just <laughs> and just the most dangerous game those motherfuckers.
3: Well, it's it's all derivative of the same similar sort of article that uh, also bothers me. It's like gamers are saying, and it's like what gamers are saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, j- it just explain it's it's okay to take a communal response and then explain it to people. But like the whole, whenever it starts with gamers are saying, it's like, Oh boy. Okay. What are we, what are we doing here? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, having spent all that time talking about like the degree to which collective frustration and outrage gets overstated. Uh, I do want to talk about the last of us PC release <laughs> because this does seem pretty widely, uh, Re- reviled might be too strong, but might not be too far off either. Uh, it has not been. After it feels like we've we've had a run of really great and well
3: received PC ports of like Sony flagship games. Resident Evil Four, or you know, is a game that came out on the PC, and by all accounts has a excellent PC version. the The RE engine remains undefeated for the last like five years. <laughs>
1: But things have not gone as smoothly with the Last of Us uh, PC release. Uh, you know, Digital Foundry did a pretty, uh, as the, as as is their want, a pretty detailed breakdown of, of how the game performs. And it seems like one of the big issues is it just doesn't use PC hardware very efficiently at all. Like if mm-hmm. you have a PC that is fairly, they sort of make a, a point of this in the Digital Foundry video, if you have a PC that's, that's fairly closely spec'd to what a PS5 is running, it doesn't get anywhere near the performance outcomes that the PS5 enjoys, which, you know, I, I know that like, uh, historically, this is one of the salient features of consoles, right? Which is that you know, because it's a, a like a, a locked spec, you can wring a lot of performance out of it that is much harder to recoup in PCs with all the vagaries of the way that, the ways that the same basic hardware can be configured. Nevertheless, like the PC version seems like a real dog on like mid-level PCs, where you're just not getting something that's remotely comparable to what is on PS5 and has a lot of really shockingly poor quality like textures, uh, for instance, that are thrown in there that look for like, not just like they're from a generation ago, but like maybe two generations ago in places where you get like lots of basically smeared textures, uh, in places that on the PS five, it's really detailed, like legible text. Even, um, it seems like those issues go away a little bit on higher end PCs, but even there, I'm not so sure. I was playing around with it this morning. Uh, And one, like, there's just some things that doesn't do well out of the box that a lot of (sighs) PC games right now do, which is, for instance, I've got the thing, the TV I've got that the gaming PC is hooked up to is a G-Sync capable display. The G-Sync stuff didn't work. I was getting, like, weird tearing playing it. Mm. And I looked this up, and it's like, well, no, to to make it use G-Sync, you have to go into the NVIDIA control panel. Not GeForce Experience, but the little control panel thing, Mm -hmm. which is much more like a Windows dialog box thing. Yeah. And you have to uh, go into – like. It's a thing I use so little that I even have trouble like navigating to it uh, because it is a, you know, it's just not something that comes
3: up. You just have to right click on the desktop, right? And then you'll get the. Yeah.
1: But then in the NVIDIA control panel, you have to go to manage 3D settings. uh, And I've never fucked with the screen in the entire. I've never messed with this in like ever since they introduced the NVIDIA control panel, like years ago i've never had cause to do this but this is the fix to get rid of tearing on your pc for last of us you go into manage 3d settings you open program settings and you create specific profile stuff for the last of us to basically turn on to let like
3: let your card do it's like g-sync stuff i mean this was more common when pc ports were worse i remember yeah it, it always reminded me of uh Similar to like the, the you know the MS DOS like hit F eight so that I can like do my I can manually figure out my memory load so that I can run Dark Forces which was like that that was that was my like last use case of that but I especially if you have either bad PC ports or an underpowered PC it would not be totally uncommon for people to recommend like hey if you're trying to juice ten more frames like you got to go into these like manual Nvidia settings but it is especially given the quality of Sony's PC ports recently. Um, and the fact that this was promoted as like a part of naughty dog pushing into PC, they've talked about the fact that they want to do, if not simultaneous PC PS5 development, they're like being more cognizant of the PC as a, a co-platform uh, for things they're doing on going forward. My guess is with, uh, uh, Last Us Factions, uh, the, like a, the big multiplayer game we're going to hear about later this year. If that's not simultaneous on PC, my guess is it's being planned yeah. as like, if you're doing a PC, if you're doing a multiplayer game, you're going to want to be on PC, um, I think the one, the one thing that is, is different here is this was a, from what I understand, a, a like in-house slash co-production with Iron Galaxy Studios, a, a company based out of Chicago who I've got a long history with, Dave Lang and Adam Boyce, like conflicts of interest, like out there, like a lot of stuff I've done with with them over at Giant Bomb and other places over the years, but they've also become, they're an engineering porthouse and work a, uh, with a lot of studios to, um, put out games like this, uh. P- Sony, several years back, acquired, I think they're the this, this studio is called Nix's, which is a piece, they, they specialize in PC ports and they have worked, I believe they have been the studio that has worked on these other ones in the past. And this is an instance in which that process has been different. Maybe that is because Naughty Dog wants to be on the ground floor, like building this, you know, have a better fundamental understanding and this becomes a test bed of, you know, how they do stuff going forward. But it seems like a pretty rough, like out of the gate experience some of it i do wonder is like you you know robin you and i talked about that ps5 version it's stellar like it is gorgeous it is a technical powerhouse it is an excellent uh update to an already excellent game and you have like like god of war some of these other ports have been games that are several years old right they are not current gen level games being ported over and i is some of that just what you get for free from the march of technology and the distance from an older piece of, you know, like a PS4 is, you know, a 10 plus year old like base level that you're working on. So of course, modern GPUs are going to have an easier time with it. And then here you have a code base and, you know, I'm again, I'm speaking out of my ass technically speaking, but it just wouldn't shock me Is if like, if this is more baseline, current gen specs, development pipelines, engineering techniques, you're just not getting as much for free bringing it to the PC and there has to be so much more work that goes into uh, getting that to function efficiently.
1: Yeah, it is uh, like, I wouldn't be surprised that's, it's part of it. Like I think one of the really well received PC ports, like for instance, the PC version of uh, Spider-Man that is mm-hmm. not like if you're going to play that game for the first time right now, if you have a decent PC, that's where you go uh, because that is, you know, that's got a lot of bells and whistles that you will not get even on the PS5. I think with the, uh, you know, playing the back compatible, uh, you know, PS4 version of the original Spider-Man, not Miles Morales, but the the original
3: one. But both those made. games had PS4 and PS5 versions, right? Um, and I guess maybe they did this last was remastered. Is that PS5 only, or is that on PS4 as well? I don't know.
1: Uh, I, that is a good question. No, I think that's. I think that was
2: the point, right? It was the. It was the like. PS5. They'd already the done PS4 a remaster game.
1: for the PS4. They'd already done. They'd already done this once before. Where there was like a. Wait, was like do you mean the
2: remaster or part one? Because part one is the PS5 thing, right?
3: Yeah. So the yeah. thing I that really that's, I think there. that's what we're trying to figure out, Kyle. Yeah. Because
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> remaster was way back when, like right, 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 right on the cusp. And it was just kind of like a graphical, like a slight graphical upgrade that very obviously used a lot of the PS4. Versions. Okay. No, this
3: Last of Us part one. This is according to PlayStation.com, yeah. PS5, PC. Last of Us remastered which is what you're referring to Kato was a game that was taking the PS3, bringing it to PS4. And yeah. so, yeah. Okay. So this, this supports my like broader, like theory of, Hey, if this is, you know, more baseline PS five, whereas like both the, the, uh, the Spider-Man games at least had a PS4 version mm-hmm. that existed.
1: So I, I will say like uh, playing it on PC, like sort of maxed out. You, it, there's like just wild levels of details. You might expect uh, it's, you know, uh, I can only assume the sheer amount of like server acreage that Naughty Dog has just like keeping textures on file for various things. Right. Just like just entire hard drives full of like muddy dirt textures that you're going to put around the world and such. And like, uh, you know, you play it maxed out, it's all there. And it does look incredible uh, in, in a lot of places. The one thing I did note though, is that I would have to play them side by side to really, to check myself on this. The weird thing is it felt like there were little. Like digital foundry stuff did talk about like there being lots of little hitches, but that's not quite what I'm talking about. There's a sort of snappy immediacy to my experience playing on the PS5 that is just a little bit off on the PC version and it like shows up at really big moments like. In the opening cutscenes, this is what I played, so I, you know, once again went through the saga of like, (laughs) oh, no, Joel, we got to get out of here with your daughter. Oh, no, no. Didn't work out. What a uh, cool benchmark uh, test,
3: like time
1: time to child death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh this has become the like, so what's changed in The Last of Us? Uh how how realistically can we get this child brutalized by a soldier? <laughs> uh but did the explosion at the gas station look any different? So <laughs> it does. This is the thing. This is a perfect example of where it's a little different. Uh I feel like on the PS5 version. The explosion looks completely seamless and natural, like it all just happens. And it's like, wow, like crazy explosion, right? On the PC version, there's like this little moment where I could see it looked to me like they're just swapping out the. Like. The light map for the level, like just a split second before the explosion triggers, like it's a fractional thing, but it's like you can just see all the assets like change. And then the explosion happens. And the similar thing happens with like the car accident in the beginning where you just have that like little micro hesitation. And then the event triggers, but you see a bunch of things like change in that like split second. And if it's the like, you know, video games are are, are creations of smoke and mirrors. There's stuff happening even like on the on the, the highest end of the PC where it's like you can see the magician's assistants running out and preparing the trick <laughs> it's very it's very slight huh. but every time it happened i was like oh like i know how you achieve this now i can sort of see where like okay you like models have been swapped out like the skybox may have just changed and you never is This, this it's
3: kind of like when you watch a movie in 4k and yeah. you can see like the wires you know like that you know certain things it just because of how it was shot and the technology it was going to be displayed upon. They just oh, like didn't the, account for the fucking for Hobbit the increased movies
2: fidelity. in, uh, what was it? One?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, at a super high frame rate. All of a sudden, every piece of fur they were, you could tell they were all fake fur. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, it could be, it could be stuff like that, but, uh, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause like on the one hand, once, once you get into, it, once you, once you're going, hmm. It does look amazing uh like uh on a on a new PC. But at the same time, I'm uh, even even in my situation, I'm still not sure it's like a better overall experience than that PS5 version, cause like that thing is just so like nailed down and you know as tight as a drum. Whereas this thing Yes, it can absorb having a ton of hardware resources thrown at it, but there's just ways it doesn't quite seem to lock together uh, quite as successfully as it does on PS5. So there's uh, there's
3: something profoundly funny that Rob got as close to the sun as possible, got the graphics card to end all graphics card, and then immediately gets delivered a ham sandwich of a PC port that just (laughs) reminds you that you can throw everything at it and... Like that's just the nature of PC gaming. Is like there will always be something that is a little unoptimized, not quite there. That just doesn't matter what you toss at it. Sixty four, sixty four gigs of RAM ain't gonna ain't gonna make this thing sing. Well, I mean, it.
1: But the thing is, though, compared to what people with like more, like for instance, what is in my old PC, that would be a dog shit version of Last oh, sure.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. If
1: I were playing Last of Us on the capture PC, I'd be like what the hell is this? What is this? This this sucks. And so I, I think it is one of those, like once this thing is up and running on like WebBC, it's like it, you know, wow, like there's just, you know, wild levels of detail that are possible here. But yeah, it is the like, yes, even sort of maxed out, you still have the yeah, if the optimization stuff doesn't go as well. Uh you can't, no amount of hardware is going to save you from that reality. Uh, And then for anyone not in that situation, it's just like good luck playing this here. Have a you have a a, ever, ever really like mediocre uh, playing version of the last Us. I'm sure with time this stuff gets patched out, as I understand, they've already like they're they're sort of working overtime on like rushing these patches out. I'm sure a lot of the stuff gets ironed out fairly quickly, but it is kind of. It's just a weird place where PlayStation was kind of like. Not necessarily setting the bar because there's a lot of people doing great PC ports right now, but this is definitely like an oddity in the run of PC ports that they've that they put out. Uh, Patrick, before we wrap up on games here, you've been playing some uh, Bayonetta Origins.
3: Yeah, I wanted to revisit this uh, just uh, briefly. I I mentioned uh, having played a you know an hour or two of it uh, some weeks back when it, uh, it originally came out. Bayonetta Origins is a like top-down uh, kind of like action. Uh, game, uh, a different kind of reinterpretation of Bayonetta, you know, which is typically sort of a character action game. You're beating up lots of enemies and and demons, and and here you have, uh, you know, you're you're controlling uh, Cereza, which I I believe at the time I said is Bayonetta, and I think that is true, but it's like Bayonetta from a different timeline. I don't remember exactly how the Bayonetta mythos work, um, but she looks like Bayonetta, and my daughter calls her the cat lady. Um, It's like, yep, that's the cute cat lady. She's like, why doesn't she, is there like a meow button? No. Sorry, um, and you, you're controlling, uh, you know, uh, uh, a demon, uh, in the in on uh, each of the each of the analog sticks, and so you're you're kind of moving two characters at once, and the game is sort of uh, bouncing between those ideas. Uh, and I just wanted to pay a compliment to the like eight or nine hours I've played since of a game that just I, I feel like nobody's gonna end up playing this game. It's like a it's like a sixty dollar top down action game that like has the the budget and resources and ambition of a I, like a game you'd more commonly associate with the, the name Bayonetta. And like it gets mechanically deep and the story is fun and the music is fantastic. And I it was a game that I expected to play as a podcast game, just like, okay, I'll play like two or three hours of this so I can speak to it on the show. And then like it has, it has become a game that I am constantly returning to. Uh, you know, when I've got a couple of minutes, you can always make a little bit of progress in 15, 20 minutes while my kids are doing something. It's, it's the one that I'm picking up and playing. Uh, and it's just, a real delight. And I, I think it's going to get, get kind of uh, just, just sort of passed by uh, this year. And so just wanted to, if you had any curiosity about it, hopefully it goes on sale or something at some point, or if you just need a push over the edge, I'd, it is, it is exceptionally well done and, and really fun to play. And I think the sort of cute aesthetic betrays a more interesting game. Uh, the Aesthetic works within the context of the game, but I think you can make some preconceived notions about what you'd be getting into. And I actually think it's more, uh, more interesting and complex than, than you might assume at first blush. So definitely recommend people checking out uh, more of it because uh, I've really been enjoying the hours that I've spent with it since.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, hadn't really tuned into how different this looks from what you expect of a Bayonetta game.
3: Uh, well, yeah, th- like, Not only that, and I think like, you look at that and you would you, uh, your assumption may be not that you should necessarily extract price uh, from a game's look, but I don't think it'd be shocking if you looked at that game. I was like, "Oh, that must be like a twenty dollars downloadable, like, like shoot off of the Bayonetta universe." Like, no, like it's a full sixty dollars game that takes like fifteen to eighteen hours to finish. Like, it is, it is a full ass game. Um, that I, I'm just, re- I'm just really impressed by how much is there. And I think Nintendo kind of fumbled the bag on getting the the word out uh, on it in a way that um, I think people would have, uh, you know, truly grasped like how interesting. Uh, it's it's
1: it's so weird to me like like i know where it comes from but it's so funny to me when it's like oh yeah like you you'd sort of expect people to like you know think this is a a budget game from from the appearance of it and it's like i don't know it's like gorgeous cartoon art
3: yeah yeah it's re- it's really good um it's definitely one of like many games on switch where it's fine you know it's but boy like if this was game was running at like 4k like 60 frames a second like it is it is an art it is an art style that is clearly developed because of the constraints of the switch but also despite that being done in connection with the technology it's it's running on man like it would look gorgeous if it was just off that leash a little bit um but no no pc version it was it was enough though that i uh when i had my kids at the library this weekend um I like we we check every time to see if my kid can rent Minecraft and I have one copy and it's never there. But it's the first thing we do every single time to see if she can rent it for a switch. Um, mm. They had Bayonetta 3 and I almost I almost rented it. I was like, no, I have like four games I'm juggling before <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom comes out. But I thought about it because this was enough to get me get me back in that mood. The library depending on your library, has a surprisingly robust, like, level of new games. I, I've been shocked at that revelation every time I've kind of checked uh, when I go back in. I mean, sure, it depends on the library you go to, mm-hmm. but uh, ours is not exactly big and still, I don't know, they're like six weeks behind, eight weeks behind like new releases. They usually get, like, one copy of most everything, which is pretty neat. Libraries are cool. You heard it here last.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's dip into the question book before we, before we call it a day here. Remember, you can send us all your questions at GamingAdvice.com with the subject line questions. I uh, wanted to read here an email that Brendan sent in about Minecraft and role-playing. Uh, Brendan writes in, Hi, Waypoint Crew. With all the recent talk and streams of Minecraft, I wanted to share my recent experience with Minecraft role play and ask a question alongside it. I have been playing Minecraft for over a decade and couldn't imagine finding anything new or interesting about the game at this point. But a few months ago, I joined a multiplayer server where players role play inside the game. Instead of just logging in with a random skin and playing as yourself, you design a character, make up a backstory, and throw them into the world with everyone else. To my surprise, this completely transformed the experience of playing Minecraft for me. Uh, Suddenly, I had reasons to build things that would be pointless otherwise. A dusty saloon full of tables and prop drinks becomes a pivotal hangout spot. A spire in the middle of nowhere becomes a point of pilgrimage. Character bits and lore inspire new builds, which in turn inspire new roleplay opportunities that lead to new builds. It's breathed an incredible amount of longevity into a server that would otherwise have been long abandoned. So my question, have any of you ever had a similar experience with a game where some outside component changed the experience and revitalized it for you?
3: I mean, this one I could speak to pretty directly because, like, my daughter, made, like, got me interested, you know, kicking and screaming into Minecraft. And it's interesting <laughs> that you – I don't know if i call it role-playing, but it's – when I – I I was never interested in Minecraft because, exa- you know, exactly what they're speaking to, which is – it's directionless. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's just start digging. And then an adventure will uh, – whereas I need signposts. I need mm. objectives. I need – do this and for me that is my kid it is she wants to build this she wants to go there and so she becomes essentially my objective signposting (laughs) because i am there to support the role playing that she is doing in the game and then that fulfills my desire to have like a big glowing arrow that explains what should i be doing in this space to find the fun um so it's funny that i I end up in a a similar space if, if if uh for radically different reasons
2: and now you can make signposts in the game. That's true. Do you remember that That's recipe?
3: Kato <laughs> just keep me keep me hostage and not allowing me to look at the recipe book. That'll never happen in this household.
2: Look, you got to you got to learn, you know, you got to learn the rules before you can break them. <laughs> Kato, I'm
1: curious, do you have anything like this?
2: Not that I can really think of. I feel like um uh the the games that i like tend to engage with uh socially i start by engaging with them socially i don't know i haven't had a lot of this crossover yeah. of like something i've played by myself that then i like introduce a new element to
4: is, is kind of rare um yeah yeah it's um
1: yeah, for me, those experiences are like, for instance, like motorsport is a thing that transformed a lot once we started doing motorsport Mondays uh, with it. Sure. Where, like that is a game where the stuff we dig it, we dig into on stream is fun and it's cool. Like when you're playing solo, but. It becomes a lot more life and character when you have two people sort of reacting to it, leaning into the little bits of the little anchor points of narrative structure. Right. Uh, that totally. The game gives you, whereas like when you're playing solo, it's so much easier to just treat the stuff as like that's a buff. That's a you know, that's right. a debuff, etc. Uh so I think Oh no, like his that morale's gonna its... be
2: low. It's like <laughs> he's he's down bad because he's when going through a breakup is a lot more fun to say and think.
1: <laughs> I do think like when I was I don't know if this quite qualifies, but I do think I was probably most interested in destiny at the point where the lore of the world was harder to access in some ways. Uh because it was mm-hmm. more like I don't know, what's the way to put it? It was more archaeological in some ways, where you'd like sure. go play the game and you would discover, you know. You you would discover like what was this is the peak Grimoire? Warrior, right? But it was mm-hmm. like you would get a fragment of a story. And it would sort of like recast what is otherwise a pretty uh, You know, very well executed, but nevertheless, very standard like loot shooter uh, yeah. in a lot of ways or, or at the time, maybe with loot shooters being less codified when Destiny came out, it certainly felt like much more of a traditional shooter. But either way, it was one of those things where, you know, if you were just looking at Destiny, the game for all its colorful backgrounds and all the production value put into the game, it could be kind of a drab world uh from the standpoint of like what's happening in it uh what does what does any of this signify you know you going out and shooting up a bunch of aliens on the moon for the 20th time while someone is like, Oh, let me tell you about Crota. Crota did crota set my term paper on fire. I can't stop. I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, Crota would microwave fish in the, in the microwave and stink up the whole office. Ah, crota. Damn you. And you'd be like, yeah, it's horrible. Bang, 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 bang. Uh, But like when you come across little bits of, lore it would sort of turn the entire thing this kind of at the time very exciting place where is it possible that nobody really knows what's going on in this world because it's it's hidden right that we were all sort of all the guardians all the aliens that everyone is just kind of like going through the motions and missing what is the actual story here um that stuff was was kind of interesting it, it sort of made the, it amplified the mysteriousness and alienness of that world, uh, in ways that I found harder to sustain later, uh, in, in later periods of, of destiny. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably where where I would go. Uh, Patrick, I've been sorry, sitting on this one, uh, for, for you to come back. Uh, this is, oh, I'm not sure I even signed it. Uh, but it's about Roblox and capitalism. Ah. So my 10-year-old's favorite game is Roblox. I'm sorry. And we've mm-hmm. had many, many conversations about the exploitative practices in these games, in these games with her, i.e., games having battle passes that just make the game easier to beat, and how these games were purposely made hard because they want her to spend money. We are very open about the exploitative nature of capitalism and how it affects all of us. With all of this, she is given a $10 weekly allowance that she is allowed to spend how she wants. This is usually, usually a Roblox Robux card, and she will usually use it to buy clothes for her avatar. I think mm-hmm. she is the most fun just making these outfits and showing them off to her friends in-game. She's gotten a few battle passes, but it is typically a game that she continues to play with her friends, and she will use it to help her friends through the game. I'll include a short story at the end of this letter, but she now has her eyes set on one accessory lately called Headless. This item makes the head of avatars invisible. She wants this because it'll make it it easier for her to make outfits if she doesn't have to match a face with them.
0: But the (laughs) kicker is that
1: this item is $300 worth of Robux. Mm. Ah. I have told her that I will not just give her that money to get it and that I personally think it's a bad idea, but she wants to save and get it herself and I won't stop her. I figure it'll be a good lesson saving money to get something she wants while also giving her a lot of time to actually think about it. I also tell my partner that we need a money sink, uh, that we all need a money sink moment to realize what we're spending. (laughs) I had this as a lapsed Magic the Gathering nerd, but Uh. she just got into Pokemon cards, so we'll see how long this lasts. Anyway, cute story about my kid using her money to help. There was a game that had a battle pass that let cursors in the in-game clicks count for more. So she could click and the game would count it as a quad click. And you'd click a button to get coins to buy things in-game. She bought this battle pass, loaded up an auto-clicker, and set it to click once every millisecond. She flooded the in-game economy and made everyone rich. It was a great moment as a commie parent. for reading. <laughs> fuck capitalism, go home, and take 15-minute bathroom breaks every shift
3: oh uh, that I, I feel like that story justifies your parenting approach here to just let your kid do it like i I think i would i would wholeheartedly endorse the yes rob, you know, Roblox is very exploitative like i got to show you know rob a little bit of that when we when we did the stream of that uh a couple of weeks back but uh it is also places like that it's no more exploitative than so much else of the rest of the world that you're going to experience yeah. and to have those little experiences with saving and spending like the lo- like losing uh you know losing money, spending money. I think it's like super healthy to let your kid save that money and then arrive at that that choice on on their own. I I had something similar with my uh with my oldest where she had a gift card for the first time it's for Target I think was for like 30 bucks or something because it was for her birthday. Um, and she was old enough to understand that things, you know, cost more or less. And she, uh, I tried to explain, you know, she's, this was maybe two years ago. So she didn't really understand math quite yet. She understand like basic that numbers are bigger and numbers are smaller, but like adding things up was beyond her. Anyway, the point of the story is that I was helping explain, she would ask me about things, how much they cost and like, could she get it with the card? And then we got to the end of this and the thing that hung her up was the card itself. So what happens when the money's gone? I was like, well, they usually take the card and they throw it in the trash. But I want the card. I was like, well, your options are to get these things and then the card goes away or you just don't get those things and you get to hold onto the card and you can think about buying something later. And she wanted to keep the card, <laughs> so she bought we spent forty five minutes like on a Saturday going over her options, and we ended up at spending none of it because she wanted to hold on to it and she'd worry about it another day so I think it's like a pretty similar arc to what you know this this person's child might go through, which is just let them i mean it's it's again it's 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 pretty stupid that's dinky, like I get it like I understand the like wow that's a lot to spend on something that may bring you very little, uh, yeah. happiness. Uh, but, uh, one kids love the shit out of Roblox and I bet they will be, their friends are going to think they're extremely cool if they get that. And so I actually think, well, you can't, I don't know if it's worth $300, like $300 in kids emotional happiness is hard to quantify, but like, there's a good chance that actually <laughs> she'll get it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting, but I, I would let her walk off the deep end or not if she chooses not to, but I would, I would let her spend the 300 bucks if she... Let her I cook. Mean, that's, that's a long time to wait, right? That's a lot. Of $10, $10. I mean, it's not as though that is happening overnight. No. Uh, that is if, a long, she, if, she if she comes
1: th- to the end of like 30, 40 weeks of saving up for this thing, she still wants it? I don't
3: know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And please write back in. I don't, you know, <laughs> let me know. Update. Let me know the conclusion of this story. I need to know. I need to know what, what happened. <laughs> Did your the, child
2: uh, make it two weeks that, yes. That's where I put the. It, that's where I'm shooting the limit. Two weeks mm-hmm. later, not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although with that uh, loading of and auto clicker story, like, decent <laughs> possibility that like, so my kid's gotten into wire fraud. <laughs> <laughs> the idealistic version is so my kid's a hacker <laughs> yeah. and she's on the lam. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that will do it for today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Uh, Patrick, where can people follow you? At Patrick Kulbick. Kato.
2: At A underscore Kado underscore appears.
1: Uh, you can check out what we publish on waypoint.vice.com and hey, thanks to Waypoint Plus. We've been able to have a bunch of fun streams lately. Kado uh, and I returned to Oberhoff racing and we have made negative progress. We no, are, no, we
2: have, we have a new engine.
1: Things I are looking mean, up. no, 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 no. The team has made progress. We've made progress in the ways the game like mandates that you will make progress. I mean, uh, us as like motorsport managers. I don't know. we got a third place
2: finished in, in a, in a race that, we were not like And then we win. let
1: another guy drive the wheels. We, we off don't the talk car. about the other we don't talk yeah, about the second we don't driver. talk about the second driver. Uh so coming up soon, we'll be returning to that, I think, at the end of the week. Uh Patrick is going to be playing some Breath of the Wild to get fired up for Breath of the uh Breath of the Wild 2. And uh I think Patrick and I are also going to, you know do some management management of our own uh, by taking on a rebuild project with Chicago Cubs in MLB the show. And we will <laughs> see how that goes as well for waypoint plus listeners uh, on that same, on that same note, Patrick and I are going to be talking with uh, Jason uh, Kevler over at motherboard and we're going to be discussing baseball uh, here in time for the start of the season and just taking, you know, taking a survey of what we expect out of our teams are the Cubbies back? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. They're one and two, but it's a baseball. It's hey, hey, well, there's a lot of game to play. So many
3: games uh, to play. Anyway, if that all sounds so good. So
4: long.
3: Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> not anymore. That's the thing. That's the thing. They're not. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah. All the pitch clock. Uh, oh, right, right, right. The game I saw, we'll talk more about this in sports, but I, you know, I was uh, lucky enough to go to opening day, and the game was two hours and 20 minutes. That's not a baseball game. Is it a better product? Probably. Maybe a
1: better TV. Here is my question: It might be a better TV product, but I feel like one of the things when I buy the expensive ticket to go to a baseball game, right? It's like I'm buying three three and a half hours of like lounging in the stands
3: and like eating snack food. Yeah, that is when I have talked to people. Subsequently, the the short version of is the pitch clock good? Is like yes, but it's it's, it's, it's better if you're watching baseball on TV it's worse if you're watching baseball in a stadium um is is how i came down on that with one one game and one experience but yes i mean it was like we had to we had to cancel our last beer order because it was going to wow. at that point going to arrive by the time that no. we put it in before the cutoff yeah. they still gonna, but, it wasn't is going the, to,
1: but the cutoff's still the seventh inning right
3: yes but if you if you if you purchased it before then and they were getting behind in their yeah. orders like you know anyway but it was like we eventually I canceled it uh, because it was like by the time this arrives at our seats we're going to we could get a beer for half the price across the street. This is <laughs> going to be a thing like they might decide
1: the pitch clock is too good at this uh to an extent yeah. like if it's if it's impinging on the concessions thing. Yeah. Uh that do might they, be a, Do concessions start
2: thing. going h- even higher or do they cut the cut back the clock? <laughs> I don't know. Charge more because you're you-
3: expecting less less runs to the stand. But also are more people coming to the games because it's a more reasonable. Right. Chunk of time. Thing to attend. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. Like, <laughs> I I, th- I, I think nobody knows. Right. Like, I yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if there aren't a lot of wild swings made in Weird, any direction. But I think what, the, like the quintessential,
1: season. like, L.A. Dodgers, like, uh, afternoon and evening game. And the other, the other part of what makes that fun is, like, because the game goes late. You're there as the heat of the day bleeds off and then you have like a cool night mm. in Dodger Stadium yeah. and you're sitting there uh with a you know a bucket full of beer and you're just like life is good <laughs> I love being out here and be out here for another 90 minutes uh as the as the evening breeze kicks up and yeah I I, I wonder if that's compatible uh with the with the TV friendly pitch clock uh and to be fair like maybe offense friendly pitch clock but all this will be borne out across the season. Anyway, if that sounds good, or you just want more waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. And not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're also helping support waypoint and everything else we do here. And if you want to show not just support, but zeal, go to waypointgeneralstore.com to buy some of our fine waypoint merch. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is miss you off the EP pal machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B O E N. For now, we are calling time on this, this uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, We'll talk to you again on Friday. Until then, fuck capitalism, go home.